Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Paranormal UK's Inside the Goblin Universe. My name is Ronald Murphy, and I and I have to say I'm glad to be back again. Uh, we were on a bit of a hiatus for almost uh, three weeks, I do believe, uh, and I believe they were playing repeats in our stud until we were back on. But I have to tell you, my listeners, that we are back on, and we are brand new with my co-host, who I'm very flattered and proud to announce, Mr. Brian Bowden. He will now be my partner in crime on this Inside the Goblin Universe. Say hello there, Brian. Hello, everybody. I'm I'm glad to be part of the Goblin Universe, (laughs) the official Goblin Universe. The official Goblin Universe, that is correct. Now, the good thing about Brian is that you have been a seasoned researcher for a while, haven't you, my friend? Yes, actually. I've been uh, researching for many years on my own uh, in multiple subjects of the paranormal, uh, but officially about three years with the Bronxville Paranormal Society. I'm kind of a, a co, co-creator with Al Santariga, but I primarily was the um, chief information officer, technology, and uh, research. Right. So the good thing about Inside the Goblin Universe is we are going to now allow ourselves to dig a little bit deeper into the underlying currents of certain subjects like Bigfoot and UFOs and even some fairy activity that has been reported around. So I'm excited to have you on board, my friend. I think you'll be bringing, you know, that much needed experience with you as well into the Goblin Universe with us. Yeah, I'm going to bring whatever I can get there and some ideas and theories that may be out of the box, but that's how I think. I think, you know, inside and outside, and I think it's going to be a, a pretty fun time. Fun, interesting, I think is, and intriguing, you know? That's right. Now, now, what part of the United States are you? do you live in right now, Brian? <laughs> a planet far, far away called New York City. So I'm on the <laughs> East Coast. Um, that's right. And, yeah, born and raised, and that's where I hail from right now. I'd love to lo- move to warmer climates and maybe discuss the Florida skunk ape. <laughs> there, uh, absolutely. And, and I'm actually about eight hours west of you. I live right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So we're both uh, East Coast guys here. So this will be good. We'll be bringing a bit of a different perspective to everything uh, inside the Goblin Universe. But but let me ask you, Brian, so whenever you're talking about a city the size of New York, uh, where do you go whenever you're out there looking for Sasquatch? Well, it's uh, funny you asked that. I was uh, doing some research recently. And my wife actually asked me who doesn't believe in most of this stuff, um, like, you know, about Bigfoot and Sasquatch. And normally we're going up to a little bit upstate New York near uh, uh, Dutchess County, Ulster, and in the Hudson Valley area. And we, we, that's, that's a, our primary hunting ground right now. There's a couple of cases in that and the Catskills that are really, you know, coming at us. But um, funny, funny you say what you said uh, doing the research that we do, I've discovered um, there's been Bigfoot sightings, there's been Dogman sightings um, inside Manhattan, Manhattan Island. But the, again, this is the 1800s Manhattan, so it's a lot darker, um, not as you know uh, bright and technified. It's more woodsy. Uh, but they have gone down into the city in the local, like the, the heavily populated areas. Uh, I think they probably got lost for the most part. But the most recent one that I heard was Yonkers, New York, which is not that far from me. It's about uh, three, four miles. Um, And there was an experience. One of my buddies, his friend actually had the experience of a a large creature that sounded like a gorilla um, throwing a seven-foot long, two-and-a-half feet wide uh, tree at them. And this was right next to a parkway, um, an active parkway. In a, a highly dense area of population, but what they don't realize is that there's an old Putnam line that goes through there, and it's the, you know, you're trying to think this out, like, how the heck is this creature going to come down here? You know, why would it subject himself to, you know, that kind of torture? But when you're searching for food and you're following a path, that's where it was, but that's how close it gets, but it's pretty close. It's no more than an hour's distance from where we are. 
See, that, that's a great first story for this new revamp of Inside the Goblin <laughs> Universe because that's the kind of things that we talk about, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Bigfoot, everybody thinks about the Pacific Northwest and, you know, miles away from civilization. But no, I mean, there's reports of very strange creatures happening in very populated areas. And, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the mystical things that happens with, uh, with uh, the paranormal. Some things simply cannot be explained, right. and that's the reason why, you know, we use this kind of bannerhead that they come from the goblin universe, which is basically, you know, it was another dimension or the veil that separates this world from the next, whatever have you. Yeah. But it seems to me that if something is coming and going and we simply cannot explain it by by today's science. We, you know, it, it's very interesting because traditionally I grew up with that Pacific Northwest, you know, Patty and like, oh, there's no Bigfoots here until I've had my experiences with this creature. Most recently at Nuclear Lake, our investigation where um, we, we, we got whoops right next to us. Um, it threw actually a boulder at us. There was a bluff charge. It was a pretty intense night. But I go back further into the state of Connecticut where I was at summer camp. I can remember 19... 77, 8, or whatever it was. My summer camp is in located in the northwest portion of the of the Berkshires. And um, at that point, I got up at like 3 in the morning to have to go to the bathroom as a young, you know, young kid in a sleepaway camp. And there was this gigantic head in the window where my feet were. And it wow. smelled like skunk. And I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, like, I didn't go back and really look at this incident too quickly because I, you know, maybe I put it out of my head. I wasn't thinking, but when I met Al and we started doing this, and he started explaining his experiences and where I was tracking this creature to be, um, I started researching my own experience, and I was, I, you know, I have a photographic memory, so I, I can go back and when I want to, and I can sit there and, and relive it, and I know exactly what the creature looked like. I didn't see the facial features, like like, you know, like like the eyes and everything. I saw the nose. I saw the the size of its head, the shag of its of its coat. Um, it scared the hell out of me. Uh, pretty big. I went back to my camp. Uh, we do a, a, a reunion there, and um, it had to be about eight eight feet tall or a little bit taller than that to be looking in this window. But what's key to this that really solidified it for me is we're right next. My camp is right next to a reservoir called Crystal Lake. Now, if you're a horror fan, you know what Crystal Lake is. And actually, they were going to film those movies in my camp, but the owners didn't want the negativity from it. That same year, when I researched what bunk I was in, uh, three sightings at that lake reservoir, which is no more than, I'm going to say, 2,000 yards from where, where my camp is, uh, which is surrounded by, you know, acres, uh, 250 acres of land that they owned. So... The correlation, one plus one is two, there was a creature there. Um, and there's been several other sightings in that area, too, which goes near Route 44. And that goes into the Bayswater Triangle. So pretty intense stuff. Yeah. We got there. See, the cool – yeah, as I explore into the world of the paranormal – I like to look at it from a psychological and a historical point of view. Um, and if you look at this area historically, um, this um, region uh, that is really highly populated, uh, you know, and you think of the Yankees and you think of the Mets and you think of all the, the, the great things that are going up into the New England. But if you look back in, in, in history, um, you know, Washington Irving had, you know, uh, the legend of Sleepy Hollow there and, and yes. Rip Van Winkle. And that Hudson Valley area is talking about, you know, everything from ghosts and there's legends of the flying dutchman and sea serpents and and you know um uh, uh, uh small types of bigfoot creatures i mean you have everything in that area so you would think that it's a possibility that the maybe at least the residual energies of these things continued or again uh, as as i like to 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 think that um that area is just alive with activity because there's an overlap of you know whether it's different worlds or different dimensions going on and that kind of epic center of the paranormal you know and you're 100 correct about that i'm actually not that far away from where washington irving you know the sleepy hollow and the whole thing and that's going to be an investigation we're actually going to be doing soon um in that area we're going to try to do it actually during halloween you know let's let's put, well let's let's you know yeah. hedge our bets right there um we have a new member of our team donna and she works in in government there and hopefully we can get in nicely to to investigate 
But what's really interesting is not too many people do research anymore on their area or about themselves or their history. It's always about, like, you know, my people and this and that. But this area had lots of glaciers, and they still have glacier caves um, and caverns. Where you are, too, is filled with caves and caverns. Now, think about this. What if these creatures existed 20 million years ago, right? You get the dinosaurs. They got frozen in the Ice Age. The possibility of these creatures surviving extreme conditions and de and defrosting, we'll say, or be, you know, coming back to life and then, heart, you know, like being very fruitful in that life is just as plausible as a dimension that uh, dimension shift, a time, a time space uh, rip, which I never really thought about until I had my encounter recently with Bigfoot. But it's very interesting. And I hopefully well, we well, let's look hear at that. about that encounter, there, Brian. Yeah, let's hear. I, I, well, I, I have me in front now. Let's hear about this. So um, basically, our our first investigation was a uh, as a group was a couple years back, and we went on a Halloween, uh, Hallow's Eve, up to nuclear uh, nuclear lake in New York. It's it's a lake uh, off of Route um, fifty five in uh, upstate New York, and the previous to that, uh, there's been high strangeness in the area reported by the Native Americans that live there, as well as other people. But that, that lake itself is about a mile and a half or, or more in, in from the, that roadway. And it was originally used uh, by United Nuclear Corporation to do special testing on, a, on an engine. What engine, we don't know. But they got permission to use weapons-grade, high-end radioactive material. And they may have been mining it as well. They had a big fire, it, uh, lots of spillage, lots of... They call it nuclear lake for a reason because the radiation levels there are off the chart, even though the government said they cleaned it. But um, we went up there, and we went and investigated several sightings that uh, Al Santarica has had up there when he's been up there investigating. Um, and, you know, reports of, uh, of Bigfoot or other type of creatures that's that like... Um, you know, coming out on the Appalachian Trail. It's a point where the Appalachian Trail meets and then the play in the in the state park. So we, we went into this investigation. Mind you, there was a full moon that night, <laughs> a perfect setting. There was like a meteor <laughs> shower. Um, everything was there. It wow. was Hollow's Eve. And it we, was all lined up. Oh, my. It was, it was meant to happen. <laughs> you know, you write some books. <laughs> this is the, this is, you couldn't put more information in this uh, and you couldn't have a perfect script written. But long story short is we went to the furthest point of the lake, a couple of miles in, and we set up camp there because they found a very strange setting, uh, uh, a set of uh, quartz-type rocks that were shaped into almost like balls. Not smooth, but, you know, someone took the time to actually shape the, 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 the rocks. And we, we stood there, and we stayed there, and everything was why we started investigating. We used the... EMF. We had uh, parabolic mics. We kept hearing tree knocks. Um, we heard rock knocks uh, throughout the day. And we there's a um, uh, a couple of stones that we came up uh, past on a, about a 35 to 40 foot like rock ledge. And it, um, I know them as a nookashooks, but they're pretty much uh, pyramids or people made out of rock stone. It's like piling rocks on each other. So we, we're passing this. We're hearing all these rock knocks. It was myself, Al uh, Santariga, and uh, Bill, our, our uh, adopted uh, BPS member. He was videotaping. I was doing some live stuff. And we just were doing an investigation. The sun was going down. Uh, we had some strange, weird, almost like uh, SOS Morse code anomalies. And I have more of that on our website if you want to read about it because I found something in those uh, later on. But... Now, when we what were, is the address of your website? What's the address before you go on? No problem. It's BronxvilleParanormalSociety.com. It's one gigantic word. Um, and just look under Nuclear Lake Investigation. You'll see the evidence. Uh, we present everything as is. If you find something, we'll reinvestigate. If you debunk something, we will, you know, we'll, we'll check it out and we'll debunk it. We debunk ourselves. Um, so you'll see the full report. The audio is there, the video is there, and everything. Um, but we're there, and we started using um, our. We called our psychic, and she just couldn't, uh, you know, handle. There was too much energy in that area there. She, it sounded like she had Bell's palsy. She couldn't speak. Um, she said it was us that couldn't speak. Um, and you can feel the pressure building in that area. And as nightfall came, we started hearing certain tree, you know, like things creeping around in the back. But 
heavy objects. Almost like I, I, the greatest example I use is an elephant at, the, at, a, at a local circus. Not like the Ringling Brothers, but you get those uh, sideshow type of uh, carnivals where they're walking on the ground. You kind of feel the presence like, wow, this, that, that's big. And um, so we're sitting there, and Al's uh, Al's in the center. I'm to his right. If you're looking at me at the group, I'm to the right of Al in a chair, and Bill's sitting to the left of him. And we get these. We hear a, a tree knock across the 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 pond where we are. Well, that's what we're away from. And the next thing we hear coming up on us, we hear things creeping. We hear three whoops, whoop, whoop, whoop. Scared the hell out of me uh, because I'm not I'm not prepared. It's pitch black. You could not see in front of your face. So we started videotaping in full spectrum. Um, we got FLIR, you name it, everything. We're using infrared lights, black lights, whatever we can. We're not picking up anything. And my, you know, Al's like, what was that people? I'm like, That's, that wasn't a human being. I mean, that was loud and big and massive. As the time goes on, you can feel pressure still building, and we hear um, something coming, approaching from behind where Bill is. Well, this thing made a bluff charge and came right up within 15 feet of where Bill was sitting. Bill got up to run. We stood our ground. Even Al said, stand your ground, and we made a triangle there, and we stood our ground, and nothing came out. We've been investigated again. Nothing there. Um... By the time that was done, we were pretty jazzed up. We don't have any weapons, you know, like firearms. We're not allowed to bring them there to begin with. But we do have, you know, a machete. It, there are big cat, big bear in the area to protection. So I was, get, you know, they were kind of drawn by all of us, and we were prepared if there was something were to take place. So it stopped after that for a little bit. And we sat back down, and we settled in. And the next thing that happens... A boulder, and I'm talking a boulder, something that must have been about uh, 700 pounds, was thrown at me. It landed right behind my chair, maybe four feet, and it rolled, hit my chair, and knocked me out of the chair. Wow. So, at that point, I was like, okay, you know, that was our experience with that. We ended the you know, we ended that session. It, you could feel the pressure just, dise you know, disseminate. It just disappeared. And we stayed a little bit longer, and then we said, you know what, let's start moving to the next location. As we're moving to the next location, it's a beautiful night, mind you. You can see down, we're at one end of the lake. You can see all the way down to the other end of the lake, big, beautiful sky with, you know, stars. It's gorgeous out. We see a light that's, that's moving, like an orange light from the right going left. Moving, I thought it was maybe a plane or a helicopter, but it looked a little bit odd. And as we get to a point, we all go... Pointing at it. What is that? It stops in mid-stride in air and starts heading towards us. So, before, wow. Yeah. It, wow is beyond wow. Like, I'm telling yeah. you, this is a movie. This, yeah. movie and, and this is one of those occasions where there's a lot of different paranormal activity going on at one time. I mean, some people will go out on an investigation yeah. and feel like this was a lifetime experience to hit one of these particular type of occurrences but it seemed like everything was going on there with you brian let me tell you it it came over towards us it was about no more than 20 yards 30 yards away from us high in the trees we shut our lights off al's ahead i'm in the middle bill's just behind me we we dimmed our light it started shining a light near us and i'm videotaping this mind you now before i left that site where we had that sasquatchy bigfoot encounter I was going to put my camera in the bag and, like, you know, make it easier. And I said, no, I'm not going to be that guy that misses out on something. I put it in my inside breast pocket. I pulled, as soon as I saw that thing coming towards me, I pulled it out, and it's an Olympus, I forgot the name of it. It's an underwater camera, but it, for some reason it takes really good low, low light photos. And it captures some tons of great stuff. But it wasn't the greatest video, but you do see it. It's on YouTube, on our site, as well as our website. And we're like, what the heck is this thing? What's going on? We videotape it. Our uh, Al goes, time check. Bill says 9.15. It lasts for a few minutes. The next thing you know, it just kind of like disappears. It's gone. So we look around a little bit. 
we continue on our way to the next location because it's kind of getting late and we don't want to be, you know, in, in the same spot too long. We want to kind of make our way back. It's a long, you know, hike back to the car. We get to this clearing and we're hanging out there and I start, we set up a little camp, we relax. It's, there's no tension in the air whatsoever. But um, we start, uh, he, uh, Al calls uh, our, our psychic Cindy and she gets on the phone and says, well, you sound better. And we're going through this whole thing about, uh, you know, what happened and just reliving our moments. And we hear somebody walking in the woods with their family. Mind you, it's the middle of the Appalachian Trail. It's pitch black, dark. What the heck are these people doing? So we, we kept the lights on and we said, you know, like, look, we don't want to scare them. Let them know that we're here. No one showed up. I mean, it's like it's as if it was no more than 20 feet from you. No one showed up. It just stopped. So when we asked, we hung up on our psychic. When we called her back, she said, those people aren't here now. They're going to be here tomorrow. You're in a time rip. Oh, wow, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That, that is amazing. And, and I have heard other people having, it's rare, but these kind of experiences. But one of the pertinent things I Great. really want to follow up on <laughs> is that you were going out here on this particular investigation on Halloween, one of these traditional right. cross-quarter times in the calendar. And I will tell you, uh, if anybody out there listening does indeed want to go out on, on an expedition or a, a research or an investigation, I do recommend that you look at the calendar and you, you choose wisely on what day you want to go out. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, uh, October uh, 31st traditionally is the time whenever uh, the the veil between this world and the other is at its thinnest. That's oh, why yes. we have all these things. But one of the best expeditions I ever went on was on um, uh, June 21st, the first day of summer wow. on the summer solstice. Yes. Right. Um, so um, and, and it was it was quite amazing. I mean, we would go out uh, and uh, again, we, we, we heard the whoops. We saw strange lights in the sky. But not only did we see strange lights in the sky, but also all around us, what we thought originally was um, firefly activity. It almost looked like LED lights that were placed in trees. Yeah. And it got to the point where it looked like like, you know, it, it was almost as if the stars had descended into the trees themselves. So um, we were there probably for about eight hours. Uh, we started out in the daytime and we went until the, uh, you know, well into the night. Um, I mean, it was still light out when we started, but uh, just an amazing time. So I, I say to any, you know, researcher out there, definitely check out these times. I mean, the reason why they traditionally came down to us as, as points of power within the calendar is because they have these kind of connotations associated with them, you know? Now, now, uh, the place that I went uh, was also sort of like the area that you went. It, it was a once a budding little uh, community. Uh, it was called Livermore. Uh, it had a train station and it had a couple of hotels. Uh, but the, in 1880, um, the Johnstown flood came through there and started oh. to wipe everything out. And so by the 1950s, everything was gone. And, uh, you know, so you're miles away from the nearest person. And it's a very intact place. And not only is it an intact place, um, it also uh, only has one way in so that's one good thing so you know that nobody's really joking around with you yeah that's so that's uh, huge yep so all the uh all the signs of habitation and civil civilization are gone all the houses have been raised uh the train tracks have been torn up so nature has completely uh recovered down there so it's like you're stepping into you know into western pennsylvania you know 150 years ago which is really kind of neat and also, the paranormal has returned there as well. So whatever was associated with that land previously is now back. And I do believe, as you have said, on certain times of the year, under certain circumstances, uh, you are able to um, sort of reach out and, and, and look at what we call the paranormal with your own eyes. Right. You know, it's, it's pretty – it was pretty interesting because our, our night was we, – we didn't, we didn't plan this. I mean, you know – like the, the, this whole event, there was you know missing time, there was this and that and what have you. But you were one hundred percent right. These key dates are key for a reason. It's not you know it's not just oh well, we got to change it. It's six more months till winter. There's there's reasons behind it, and you you've done the research. I mean, you, especially when you go over to to the UK. I mean, huge huge moments of uh, 
where you can get yourself in a lot of trouble if you don't plan it out right. If you don't plan it out, that's right. I mean, look at it this way. In Scotland, you know, they, they welcome certain times of the years with, with, with huge bonfires, you know. It, and it's very um, connected with the rhythm of, of nature, you know, there's that ebb and flow, that natural right. type of uh, cadence that we have lost because we're creatures of, of the modern world. You know, we have electric lights and everything. So, you know, we are not in tune with, with, with the way the skies tell us about the changing seasons. And that's what we're really missing. But I think under certain circumstances, again, to reiterate what you just said, right. under certain circumstances, we see why these certain types of the year did have this power connected to them. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm I'm wondering how taking the consideration where you were, the time of year you were, and how close were you to like a ley line or well, see, th this know, is the that thing on that top I'm... of it. It's the layers yep. that we. Yep. This is what's fascinating about the whole subject. It's the layers that we go through. It, it is the layers that we go through, and one of the things that connect your sightings with my sightings is the uh, is that there's wall. Around, uh, because this place had flooded, this particular place was flooded out. Uh, there's a, a fairly sizable uh, uh, river that goes through there called the Connemaw, and it had a great deal of uh, importance to the Native Americans that lived in that area. Uh, so we have the water there. Then you were talking about the Hudson River Valley, or even the idea of, of Crystal Lake. It seems that bodies of water are conduits to this other world, to this goblin universe. And that is fascinating me, and that's part of my research as well. Yeah, you know, it, I'm wondering if you ever come across things where, you, you know, the natural springs are, are not just the rivers that come through, but we're talking about natural springs, something that's well within the earth, you know, getting that that extra elements from the in, inner earth where the goblins would, would, would play and live, if that adds to it, or if it's just the energy of the flow, you know, it's pretty interesting, and the Native Americans, you're right, are are spot on about about nature and what to expect and when to expect it. So that those dates as well play a, a key role. That's right, absolutely, and that's the thing too. When we think about and Brian, like you had said, that the idea of springs, we don't really think about springs here uh, in the United States, but in Europe, springs are very important. Uh, Scotland, you have things like Merlin Spring and Arthur's Spring, and you know the idea that there's fairies associated with these springs. But yeah. yes, any type of water that comes up out of the earth, you know, this kind of as you said, this breaking through the layers, you know, it's going through, you know, the rock and it becomes, you know, a force in our world. So it seems like whatever, you know, wherever this water comes from, it's taking things with it. Right. And this kinetic energy that it has stored in it, some, you know, ghosts, some, some, some paranormal entities seem to be able to manifest themselves off the power inherent within these, these bodies of water. And and it, it was it's so unusual because uh, one of the things we want to investigate it's very hard to do it in in the Northeast now is get in touch with tribal elders to because I want I don't want to just research uh, American history or modern history which would go back to you know even the settlers would be more modern I want to know from let you know handed down legend after legend after legend after story from some of these tribesmen out there so we we we're gonna be investigating some of these uh, questions that we have with these Native Americans because I want to see what the history is. It's huge. you got to go, but, you know, that's people right. don't go back to that. They do. And that's the other good point, Brian, and I'm glad that you brought that up, especially to our listeners here. This might be the first time you're tuning into the into the Goblin Universe or you might, you might have been listening to the past shows. But let's try to make this as well-rounded as possible. What you had said is this. If you're looking at the history of an area and you're only going to rely on settlers, they are bringing – their preconceived notions brought from Europe with them, you know. So, you know, we're not dealing with the way First Nations people saw the world, and it could be very different, actually dramatically different than European eyes saw that world. Right, and, and you know, what's very interesting also is it's the First Nations people here are the, the original green team, you know. I mean, they knew the land. They elevated their game to the land. They paid homage to Mother Earth and the wind and they they can do things that we couldn't even dream of but 
because you go back to that history, you really know what took place here. And you're not bringing the wiki, the folklore of the the, uh, the elves and the leprechauns and whatever that, you know, that goes bump in the night, the hearsay. You're getting true answers to questions that we have. And then as investigators, it's really important to get. People don't put credit into it, but it's super important because that can say, you, you know, if you hear an event that took place way back then and you're seeing something similar now, is there is there a time frame? Is there a duration? So, I, I mean, it, it's it's very interesting stuff. So, if you're out there investigating, heed that advice. You know, do your research. That's right, and that's another good point. And I think that people really do need to look into the idea of if there's a half life uh, in regards to paranormal activity. So, whenever you talk about radiation, it's able to give off you know enough radiation that you can date things, and it has this so-called half life. And I'm wondering if some paranormal activities don't also have a half-life that there's a residual about um, amount of elements in within it that is able to manifest itself and maybe over time that gradually wears away but it's also comes into the idea of time shifts and things of that nature but we might be looking back onto things that the first nations people have witnessed as well but it's just still you know bleeding over into our world to this very day as well yeah i mean for the listeners that are out there enjoying the show, fans of the show, and fans of the Paranormal UK Radio Network, you need to not only listen to our show, which we we, we appreciate, but listen to what's going on in the other shows that, that are, we present to you and are presented on the network. Because, believe it or not, you may come across a, a question or you may hit a dead, dead end on, on your investigation. And that one little thing that someone brings to the table from, a, a, from like, on, uh, you know... Uh, the transatlantic uh, show that that you do um, that's right with good old Andy Mercer yes, yes Andy uh-huh. Mercer but you may get something from that and it's like the lights go on and then it puts you in the right direction we've got to start stop relying on on YouTube videos and start that, reading that's right you know? Yep, I, another good point. And that's the reason why I'm very proud to be with the uh, uh, Paranormal UK Radio Network is because it does give such a well-rounded look into the world of the supernatural. Um, and also, uh, we, we, we deal a lot with not only the United States, but European topics as well. And that's the other thing that we're trying to bring together, that some things aren't very, you know, aren't completely unique to the United States. So when we talk about these things you're talking about, like the idea of like the Bridgewater Triangle, and uh, that's up in Massachusetts. You also talked about a triangle up in what's the Connecticut area too, correct? Well, no. What what I I you know I've been following the Bridgewater Triangle, and and I'm watching all this stuff. And what I noticed is there's a Route 44 that goes from all that area, and every I was that was that's where my summer camp was off of pretty much. And it goes from Route 44, it goes into 55 where we had our Bigfoot encounters and where currently is a pretty big hotspot for Bigfoot, what they call dogman, werewolf, whatever you want to call it. Um, some kind of creature that about 12 feet tall, looks like a werewolf, and probably kill you, <laughs> exists. And this is, the, I, I, you know, I've been doing a lot of research of this and I have another, you know, I, I'm actually almost finished with my own book um, and I, I've called it Hell's Highway because... Uh, there's so many different events that take place on this road, and it goes into the Bridgewater Triangle. It's right there in the middle if you look on a map. Um, you have the ghosts. You have devil worshippers. You have a red-headed lady that's walking. You have cryptids, uh, fairies, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Dogman. I mean, uh, there's something to this area or this roadway. I don't know if it's on a ley line just yet. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out, or maybe it's an alternative. Why is it all concentrated along this path? What is this path? What's the relevance to the path? So that's, you know, I have, a, I have a list of questions. I have a book that has, it's just question after question after question after question. <laughs> And those are the best books because whenever I set out to write a book, you know, you always want to try to write a book to answer questions. But at the end of the day, I think any good book asks more questions than it answers. Yes. Uh, You know, my area of Western Pennsylvania that I've been researching for, you know, I I like to say that I've been researching this area for about 42 years, although I'm 47 years old. But I went out (laughs) one time with my mother whenever we were five years old looking for Bigfoot in the car one time. So I kind of throw that in there as well, too. But, you know, I wrote uh, my my first book on the paranormal called uh, The Unexplained World of the Chestnut Ridge, a hike into the goblin universe of Western Pennsylvania. And that's the kind of thing that 
that I was looking at. Uh, there is a uh, is a part of the Appalachian Plateau, but it's a very small ridge line. It only goes up to maybe 2,000 feet. So you know, in the great scheme of things, it's nothing more than a little foothill in the in the, right. the mountains of the world. But it's a dominating feature here in Western Pennsylvania, and it terminates actually outside of Morgantown, West Virginia, it goes about for about 115 miles or so. But there is so much paranormal activity concentrated on this one particular area, and I don't know if it is the uh, geological makeup of the area. Uh, there's a lot of water sources there, but if you go back even to Native American legends, right. you know, you have the tales of the Chino, which are these stone giants, which could very well be, you know, the idea of, you know, a Sasquatch, what have you. But uh, you have to look at the overall history of the place if you're going to get the complete and utter answer. So I'm liking what you're doing, and I cannot wait to read that. And, and one of the things that I think is going to be fascinating about your book too, Brian, it's going to serve as a travel log. So if anybody's yes. going up on that area, <laughs> throw that into the into the suitcase and go off. Well, you know, it's really, it's actually funny you said that. Um, uh, I wouldn't be a Bowden if I didn't know where to eat anywhere I go. <laughs> hey, it's a sustenance. You need it. Um, so there, I will mention, if you're going to travel here and, 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 and do the hunting, this is a good place to, you know, they're very accommodating. And this place is, you know, wonderful for food and family. Um, but it's really interesting where you are um, in Western PA. Um, I I haven't been out in that area. I was out there once, but doing our research on the Dogman, for example, uh, it's, you have a heavy, heavy, you know, focus of this, this creature in your area, besides Michigan. Um, and one of the things that, one of the theories I had is your state or Pennsylvania, uh, for the most part, has a tremendous amount of caverns. I mean, you know, natural caverns, uh, spring caverns, uh, you name it. Talk about an easy passageway without being detected and the goblin right. universe being underground in that deep middle earth type of thing. And they just peek up, they get their things, they go back down. It's, it's just that fascinating. Yeah, another good point because uh, we have things uh, in the Somerset uh, County area here in Western Pennsylvania is something called a Tommyknocker. Now, Stephen <laughs> King actually talked about this in one of his books called the Tommyknockers. But uh, in Europe, you had a Tommyknocker, and it sounds like somebody hammering underground. And they, right. you know, they, of course, they would call them gnomes or or what have you, some sort of earth spirit working in the ground. But we even have that in certain areas of Western Pennsylvania as well. So we can see how this kind of ties together. You know. It, we, we, we are making a link here. And, and as you said, does this have to deal with ley lines? Is it possible to stretch from areas in England to this very area as well? And right. there is some sort of energy, you know, ro route or road or what have you that certain things can, can navigate. I mean, that that's a good point. Um, England and Europe is very good at uh, documenting ley lines. America, not so much, you no. know. And we don't really have First Nation builders that were megalithic uh, monument constructors uh, <laughs> either. So, no. I mean, so we're not going to find a Stonehenge over here. But it is still fascinating to think that there are areas in, in the New World uh, that do have certain effigy mounds associated with it, like the Serpent Mound in Chillicothe, Ohio. Yes. And, we even have the uh, we have a very large pyramid uh, in Carbondale, Illinois, from the Mississippian culture, uh, at a place called Cahokia, and it actually has a footprint that's larger than the Great uh, Pyramid of Giza. So there is something very strange going on here in North America as well. And I think, Brian, what you and I are going to do is we're going to try, and over the course of this program, these programs, I should say, in the future, <laughs> is trying to trying to tie all this stuff together and see if it makes any sense. You know, we can make a, a glorious map and then give uh, really good details. You know, one of the things I like to do, like you said, with questioning, I want people to like answer, think about what they're reading. Um, some people, you know, it's enjoyable and it's a great read, but I want you to think about it. I want to cause you to think. I want you to say, you know what? I want to go out to Western Pennsylvania. I want to see what they're talking about. Um, and I think we're going to do a pretty good job at that. You know, your expertise. Um, I'm not a I'm not a thorough expert. I'm not going to call myself an expert yet. Um, but you know, I have my years of research as well, and I present it. And um, I think we're going to do really great with this. 
Right. You know, nobody can be an expert at the paranormal because we really don't know what we're talking about. But we can be experts at folklore. We can be experts at certain history of the area. You know, but there's a lot of people out there, Brian, in the field of paranormal research that kind of make themselves self-proclaimed experts. Yeah, or, the gurus. You know, they have this – that the gurus. That's right. They have this uh, rock star mentality that they're walking around with, uh, with chains and leather jackets and <laughs> they have all the answers. You know, so if anybody's getting involved in paranormal research and you come across one of these individuals, I say run because <laughs> they're going. Yeah, this is not yes. the way to do it. Um, and also, the other thing, and we'll have to have a show on this as well too, about the amount of books that are being produced because not all books that are on the shelves out there or on Amazon are built the same way. You know, that's the other thing too. Just because there's a book published doesn't mean that that is an expert in the field either. Uh, some of the uh, information might be spurious at best and, right. you know, outright lies at, at worst. But uh, so that's the other thing too is, you know, you have to keep an open mind. But folks, let's be intelligent about this. You know, let's all work together. Let's not take anybody at face value. Let's look at the old side. You have to have a healthy dose of skepticism as well too if you're going to do this, you know. If if you, if you look at everything and accept it at face value, there's nothing that's going to get done, you know. So yeah. I try to bring in the scientific method. I try to see if things are measurable or if there's anything that can be repeated. Uh, so if we are ever by science, we're going to be scrutinized by science. So I say we follow the methods that science has laid out. But if that doesn't work, because, you know, of course, the paranormal is actually, you know, the opposite of, of science. So right. it, we might not actually be working with their physics. But uh, the, the bottom line is basically um, have a healthy dose of skepticism. Uh, read and research as much as you possibly can on various fields and just not on cryptids or UFOs, which is good. And I say <laughs> you do that as well, too. But yep. try to be as well-rounded as possible and uh, and basically at the end of the day make up your own mind about what's going on out there you'll be happier for it yeah you know I, I, I my life the way I've, I've run you know run myself is I, I know a lot about a lot I'm not uh, I'm focused in certain areas but I know a lot about a lot a lot of things intrigue me and you'll be surprised um, one of the things if I could have a you know, a lifetime of, of free financial support. <laughs> I probably would have been a <laughs> physicist, or or um, I like physics, and and I really would have been looking at a different type of of way to just research. But I t I, I bring a lot to to an investigation in the thought process that we do. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff people don't think about, but one of the things that's been coming up recently, and I've been finding in our research is uh, uh, the use of infrasound. Um, regarding uh, triggering um, interacting with and and this, uh, experiencing paranormal activities including cryptids uh, we have been very successful with infrasound and we don't you know when, when you were talking about the water before what infrasound is that water is what is the frequency there that's drawing these creatures to this um, yeah See, we are going to get along very well, Brian, because that's actually <laughs> one of my uh, areas of uh, of study as well. And actually, infrasound. I mean, this isn't one of those uh, lame brain type things. You know, we're not going outside of the box on this. I mean, yeah. Uh, MSNBC did a report several years ago about the use of infrasound by our military. So there's military applications for it, and it's not far-fetched either because animals to this very day use infrasound. This is not a prehistoric technique. Hippopotamuses use them. Elephants. Yeah, elephants, even giraffes. So it's not only in the ocean. There are terrestrial animals that use it as well. And the cool thing about infrasound that the, the military had found out because there are a great many military um, applications for infrasound, but they found out that a certain frequencies of infrasound can cause what they call "quote unquote" paranormal feelings in yes. the observer. So, and, and so that's the things we have to look at. Is there animals out there that are capable of doing this? And we talk about cryptids. I mean, is the dog man or is the Bigfoot able to produce these type of things? So people are actually thinking that they're seeing something that they actually might not be seeing. So when we talk about photographing things like blob squatches and such, yeah. and never getting a good picture of Bigfoot, is that? Uh, yep, exactly. <laughs> 
and, and is so and getting back to your point too is there earth energies that are producing infrasound as well like water or shifting tectonic plates or what have you these are all things that we're going to be investigating my friend and i'm excited right. to be have you along with on the road with us it's so intriguing you you, you know it's really funny because my, my wife again who doesn't believe in most of this stuff if not all of it um i'll hear something i'll see something in the news i'll start reading and they're like what are you reading and i'm reading about um strange sounds and booms that have been heard over certain parts of the country recently um they're just appearing out of nowhere they're so like sonic booms and they can't there's no jets flying by there's there's nothing so this is part of the infrasound um something with the earth crust you know triggering something or what they like to call um, the, the Gabriel's horn. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but I actually have. Um, I, it blew my mind. We were actually going to a parent-teacher conference. Okay. <laughs> and and, and it, this has happened in New York, it, it the suburb, where I live out a little bit. I'm in the city, but in one of the boroughs. And it was a wonderful day, very quiet, um, no plane or air traffic activity whatsoever. And I heard something coming down. The ground was moving, like shook a bit. And I'm like, it sounded like the creature in Lost, um, that dark, smoky creature without the tick tick before. It's like, you know, like it, it was right. loud. And um, I'm looking at my wife. Do you hear that? And she's like, yeah, it's probably an airplane. I'm like, it definitely wasn't an airplane. And I was able to do through research, track down that it's one of the, the, the sounds associated with Gabriel's horn. Well, what the heck does that mean? And how, who's affected by that? You know, what creatures are affected by Gabriel's horn or these infrasounds? Um, a very interesting fact. I'm just going to throw it out to you. Uh, when The Exorcist was first produced and released, which was very successful, it was one of the scariest movies out there. One of the reasons why it was so scary is because the sound engineer was using his noodle, and he used infrasound at the certain frequency, and we can discuss it later on the show. We'll let people know what frequency it is and it gives you the chilly willies it gets on it plays on your nerves so he, wow. he he put it in there and that's why that music in the beginning and in certain points hidden underneath the audio of that film is infrasound so that's, not, that's incredible i did not know that, yes. See, that so you get everything on inside the goblin universe we'll talk about the yep. paranormal but we'll also give you movie tidbits as well. <laughs> yes, don't see this movie and see this one. Um, and we, can, well, I, you know, I, we I use a lot of uh, applications, and I, you know, there's naysayers out there on some of them. Some of them are phone based or tablet based or electronic. I, I, we vet them, we test them. Some are absolute garbage, and we're going to tell you the ones that, well, in my opinion, are are ones that you're worth taking in the field with you because it's a portable you know you're a good, you're gonna have your phone and testing them out and i think you'll be very surprised at, at some of the results so if if you listen to the goblin universe which i know you will um you're gonna get a little education there too and, and some good tidbits uh that, that's gonna make your your investigations that much more successful and, and I'm glad you brought that up as well, too, because um, I am not a technical guy at all, and I do not own any kind of equipment. <laughs> and, I, I, and I know that there are so many programs on television. People want to pick up, you know, what what these guys are using on television, but they have no idea what to pick up or right. even how to use it. And I'm one of those guys. So, you know, let's let's have a show about that as well, too, about, the you know, the proper way to use these kind of things. Do they work? How do they work? You know, uh, what kind of false positives could you get? So, yeah, I think that's going to yeah. be an interesting show as well. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very fascinating because, again, you know, the problem with this whole universe thing that we're in is that a lot of things are – you're going to have your naysayers, you're going to have your cheering leaders, and then you're going to have the, the group of people that are just like, uh, I don't know which way to go. But you know what? I want the middle ground because I want people to test it. Because what may be right for you may not be right for me. Um, and it also depends on the person and, and your thought projections and how you're feeling and this and that. So it's going to, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be great, great shows coming up, everybody. So stay tuned. Oh, there's going to be great shows coming up. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually looking forward to listening to this myself, and we're you know we're the co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I aim yeah. to please. <laughs> That's right. Now, uh, the other good thing about that, that I would like to talk about as well too before uh, before we get off here. But uh, you mentioned about the idea of movies too, and I'm a big movie fan, uh, and I would love to do something about a review of some of the good movies that are out there that really do have a basis in paranormal fact, and the ones that you know not so much. 
watch. Like, you know, it's kind of like compare and contrast the new oh, Blair yeah. Witch movie to like Insidious, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and we can really get to the bottom about what's going on with that stuff as well. Yeah. There's some movies that I like to go see. I mean, I you know, you want the fun aspect of it. And then there are other movies that are out there that are just like, oh, this is so bad. And and when you when you see that 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 headline based on a true story, that's well, right, that's right. well, it's kind of based on a true story. It was the guy coming from the bar that based you know made the true story. So. <laughs> that's right, and, and that they put a tagline on everything. So uh, you know that's the other thing that we can talk about. We'll do some book reviews. We'll do some movie reviews. I think you know I, I'm I'm just excited now. I do have a lot of things coming up here. A lot of conferences yes. start up and uh, on April first for me, and I'm sure that you'll be out and about doing things as well. Um, but I would like to eventually take inside the Goblin Universe to a two-hour format. Unfortunately, for the for the for the near future, it's going to have to be an hour just because of my my time schedule. But really, I think this show needs a two-hour format uh, to have guests on as well, which we're really looking forward to to ramping that back up as well. Yeah, that no, that I, I agree with you. I think you uh, we'll we'll go with a little more baby steps, but you know, get everybody up to speed. And then we'll uh, start jogging a little bit, and and we'll see where it goes from there. But I think I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, I think every you know, not only do we have we both have something to offer, but we we'll, we're gonna we're gonna learn from each other, and others are gonna learn, and our guests are gonna learn, and our you know it's I think it's a. It, it's a it's a new horizon coming right now on Paranormal UK Radio Network, and everybody's got to right. stick in. That's right, and I would love to hear our listeners give us some feedback as well, too. You know, you could go to uh, Inside the Goblin Universe on, on, on Facebook. You know, drop us a line. Let us know what you're interested in, uh, in, in, in hearing about or maybe even what you're interested in contributing to. You know, we would love to have, yeah. you know, people on the show that have something to share or something to add to the field. I would love to have you guys on as well. I would, I mean, I don't know if you'd be interested in it, but uh, we, we do have an ability to have a call-in. Um, and maybe take some call-in questions every once in a while uh, coming up. We'll just put it out there, what we're, we're going to be discussing, and see if people want to call in or join us. Um, oh, absolutely. I would love to have a call-in <laughs> show because there, there's nothing that can be more boring than just listening to somebody yeah. passively talking, you know? And so we want to make this a, a organic experience for you guys. So let's all get something out of this. Yeah, and, and I'm I, like I said before, the way I investigate, the way uh, our, my group, the Bronx Paranormal Society, investigates, we want information. We don't shun it. We share it. Um, a lot of the groups that we're, we're, we're friendly with, and we, we put our stuff up there. It's out there. You have a problem with it, we understand. I'm not trying to sell you anything or make you buy anything. I'm saying this is what I discovered. If you find something different or I, I miss something, tell us. And we're going to go back there and investigate. If you can get that evidence to us, either on Facebook or through email or whatever, that's how I, I think that's how we, we operate. And we want to that exchange of, of education, dialogue, and, and information is huge in this field. That separates the, 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 the guys that aren't going to try to take you for money versus the real investigators, in my opinion. That's right. Now, let's talk about this a little bit more sure. while we just have a few minutes left. Sure. But what I've noticed in my years of being in, in, the, in the field of paranormal research, and I'm sure that you've noticed this as well, too, is some people take their uh, in, their their information and almost hold it proprietary, that that's <laughs> their information and nobody else's information. And unless people are sharing, nothing's going to be done. Right. I, I agree with you. It's almost as if it's the golden chalice or the, you know, the spear of destiny. It's not. It's information. And, you know, someone has something or has an experience. They post a video or whatever. And you can say, well, I didn't like that. And I didn't believe what was that. But did you see what was to the right of you? That's how you get more information. That's how you expand on something that is unknown. And in order That's for right. us That's to right. make it known, we got we to gotta start talking with each other and get that dialogue flowing. That's right. I'm all for having the information uh, confidential. You know, if yes. somebody comes up to me and, and gives me something that, you know, is a life altering experience and they do not want to be known, that's fine. But to hold that information, you know, in a file someplace and not sharing it with other researchers, I think that that is almost sacrilegious whenever it comes to research. Oh, you know, it's it's really interesting. There's a lot of people out there that don't realize they have some amazing paranormal evidence because they just don't pay attention to it. But when you post to these, and Facebook is great for this because 
there are investigators out there, but some people say, well, I think this is something. Um, or I had a weird dream and I, you know, I took this picture and I just got the chills. You know, you don't realize it until you really start looking into something. And a lot of great evidence recently from a couple of people that are, are, you know, eyewitness account holders and experiencers of, I'm just going to use UFOs, didn't even realize they had a craft. They photographed an actual craft until someone said, do you see this object in here? And they zoomed in on it, and it was like, oh, my God. I, I, you know, I know I experienced it you know, up close because of my, my role, but I didn't know I actually captured it like just a few hours prior to that. That's so right. it's, it's interesting. You know, it, it, I love the puzzle aspect of this whole entire subject matter. Um, it is. It is. It is a puzzle too. Yes. Isn't that correct? I mean, you have to try to find the puzzle pieces, and some people try to force them to fit. But I think <laughs> that what you and I will do is let's see how they just fit naturally and how everything falls into place. Yeah, I think we just need to find the corners first. <laughs> yeah, let's do the outline. Let's first. do the outline yeah, first. Yeah, see how everything lines up. That's right. That's right. But um, uh, yeah, but you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, I, I like to quote uh, Shakespeare whenever he has. Uh, you know, a character in Hamlet said, there's more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in our philosophies. And that's absolutely true. Um, we are here uh, inside the Goblin universe to take the blinders off of the, our eyes. You know, we've been educated not to believe in the supernatural. We've been indoctrinated as we're growing up that things like this do not exist. And we're here to basically say these things probably do exist to some yes. to some extent so let's take a look around you know let's not look through the blinders of education or the blinders of you know 21st century america or 21st century europe let's look at it with eyes of wonder and excitement and awe and let's look to see how our predecessors looked at the world and how you know how history has looked at the world and how psychology views this stuff and we'll try to all put it together and like you said you know let's find the corners of this puzzle yes i mean i agree with you and something to note and and the listeners should note this pay attention to some of those uh off off news type of stories or when they discuss certain things um and i'm going to be specific with this when the vatican says that if extraterrestrial life is exists we'll baptize them and they're more open to it. Let's just say they probably know a lot more than they're talking about. <laughs> well, so, well that, that, that is, that, <laughs> that is true. That I'm is just true. throwing it out there, and I'm not. I, I'm not all about conspiracy theories or or, or craziness because I I look at the full spectrum from the crazy up, as a loon to the scientific one plus one. You know, it has to be two, and then I make my judgment and assessment. And then another thing, I reassess. Months later, I'll go back to it and look at it like, nope, I missed the spot. Boom, I'm over here now. But you have to understand something. Throughout time, human beings have been on this planet in multiple cultures, thousands of years, millions of years, all over the globe with no communication to each other. They all have charts of the oceans or wherever their lands when they, they, they're charting like the, the trails to go to A and B. And... Very similar creatures or cryptids or paranormal, what would be considered paranormal, are in uh, Chinese maps and uh, Dutch maps and Viking maps. That's and right. That's right. There's yep. got to be something to this. I'm not saying believe in unicorns, but you know what? They may have actually existed. That, so. That's right. And that's why we take things like mermaids and unicorns and centaurs and Bigfoot and dogmen and all kind of classify them as goblins because yes. you know, we don't know, know what else to talk about. So when we talk about the goblin universe, we're talking about all these things that do, they, they do not make sense you know, to any stretch of the imagination uh, in science, but they are part of our world. They are embroidered into the human tapestry of our DNA for a reason. You know, let's so, I mean, we, let's find out why these archetypes exist and let's try to maybe dig a little bit deeper and see if we can find the actual, you know, the actual <laughs> figures behind these archetypes. Yes, and I think we're going to do a great job at it. And with the help of our listeners, I think we're going to be even enhance that. And I like like that thought and that prospect, and it just puts a smile on my face to know that there are like people out there, like-minded people, very educated, where you can have an articulate and educated uh, co uh, conversation about the subject matter, which is just like the most bizarre subject matter in the world. <laughs> but That's you know right. what? Right. Even the most serious people I've ever met in life, 
um, someone will bring up some kind of UFO, and then, you know, there was this time once, and they just open up to it. Because <laughs> people want to believe, you know, I, I believe in a higher power myself, personally. Um, I do, too. Without yes, going right. into the specifics of it. So if you can swear on a, on a Bible to an invisible entity, deity, God, um, why can't you believe in aliens or the possibility that Loch Ness is real or, or leprechauns are real coming up, you know, St. Patrick's Day? Um, you never know. <laughs> That's You never know. And I'll tell you what, Brian, I am glad that we, you know, that the fates have lined up to bring us two together. <laughs> and I, I'm excited to be strapping on my hiking boots and, and packing a, a rucksack and heading out onto this path called the Goblin Universe with you, my friend. And I'm glad that the listeners out there, uh, those that decide to come along with us, will be able to, you know, follow along and we'll, we'll talk and chat as we go investigate some yes. Really, really neat areas. I think I think it's going to be a very interesting, a long, strange trip. It's going to be. Um, yeah, and, quote Jerry. And, and this uh, and this hour flew right past. I mean, yes. it, it just blew by. I mean, we probably could have went for another uh, another hour, but uh, <laughs> like I said, my schedule was going to be a nightmare. But, but rest assured, folks, if you do have a need, if you do have an interest in us, uh, we will definitely be able to bring you uh, two hours. Let's do call-ins. Let's do uh, let's do guests. I'm, I'm excited about this, uh, Brian. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, and again, I want to thank uh, the uh, Paranormal UK for allowing our show to be on here. Uh, they've been great every step of the way, very supportive of us and uh, and helping uh, nurture who we are as uh, our radio hosts inside the Goblin Universe. But my friend, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with you this evening, and um, and I'm looking forward to uh, many more shows in the future. Well, right back at you. I appreciate it, and I'm, I'm glad to be invited to the uh, Goblin Universe. Um, having my little little ones running around, it's like having goblins all the time. But, uh, <laughs> That's right, me as well, too. I actually, <laughs> I, I actually had to feed one of my goblins while we were doing the show tonight and try to keep him quiet with feeding him yogurt uh, so he would go back to bed. So, yeah, I understand exactly what that's about. <laughs> well, these little leprechauns for St. Patrick's Day are coming up, so it's going to yeah, be fun. Yeah, mine have no gold. They just take my money. Oh. That happens with these guys, yeah. But, uh, so, but, uh, but I, buy, I, I, buy I, books. Buy Ron's yeah. books right now. <laughs> that's, and your book that's, uh, that's to come out soon, that's right. But uh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I hope so, too. I want to read it. I want to follow that the, that uh, that path and see where it leads to. I mean, that's uh, that's still part of the uh, the Goblin universe as well. But uh, but I'll tell you what, my friend. I think it's going to be time now that we, we do yep. sign off here. And uh, I would like to thank all the folks for listening to uh, Paranormal UK's Inside the Goblin Universe. For tonight, my friend, uh, my name is Ron Murphy and uh, my friend Brian Bowden. Uh, we will take off here and we will talk to you uh, next week Inside the Goblin Universe.